Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Mark Lista, coming at you with another episode. Uh, today, before we get into it, I want to tell a joke uh, from the primarycarepod.gmail.com inbox where you can send your uh, listener feedback, uh, uh, articles that you want me to review, uh, want to uh, pass on another joke that I can use on the podcast. Uh, this is from an anonymous listener. Um, Dr. List, I enjoy your podcast very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I have a joke for you. An infectious disease walks into a bar. The bartender says, we don't serve your kind round here. The infectious disease replies, well, you're not a very good host. Bum All right, let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients. It should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast for use in my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, pod girls, pod boys, pod people. It is your boy, Dr. Mark List, at you with another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, today, I I get this question a lot from not only patients, uh, people in my clinic, but also from family or friends um, outside of work. Um, and that is, hey, you know, what's the deal with uh, artificial sugars? What's the deal with stevia? What's the deal with all these things? Uh, sucralose, what's the deal with all these Um and, you know, as a, as a whole, right, if you want to sound like a huge nerd bomber, you call them non-nutritive sweeteners, right, NNSs, non-nutritive sweeteners, um, basically an alternative to the sugars uh, that we use in lots of food worldwide, a ton in America, but worldwide, right? Most sugar-free products have a non-nutritive sweetener. Uh, stevia is an example that I used. Um, in this, in this uh, study, actually, they do use sucralose, which is stevia. Now, I think the key thing to know is, well, what are these? They are, non-nutritive sweeteners are, in a nutshell, they are chemicals that taste like sugar. So chemically, they uh, provide the same um, highlights in the brain. They activate the same pleasure receptors. They hit the same uh, taste buds that make things taste sweet, make, make things taste good. And yet, based on their chemical composition, do not provide any calories. Um, in the case of sucralose, for example, um, it is not uh, digested or not absorbed in the digestive tract. Therefore, you get the sweet taste, you get the reward center, it activates all, uh, all those, ooh, this tastes good, and then you don't get any caloric intake. Now, people ask me all the time, well, aren't they healthy? Isn't Diet Coke healthier than Coke? Uh, isn't sugar-free... Uh, syrup better than sugar, uh, you know, no, natural sugars um, in your in your syrup. And to that, the question is, you know, we don't know. There's been a lot of mixed data on non-nutritive sweeteners. Yes, it is tends to be better than sugar, especially in people with diabetes. Um, but there's also in America. We've never consumed more non-nutritive sweeteners, artificial sweeteners. We've never, never consumed more um, than we are this year, and yet obesity is not turning around, right? So, what is it about non-nutritive sweeteners that are n not causing people to lose weight like we expect they would? <clears throat> and the answer is actually pretty complex. And to to highlight this point, there's been many, many studies on this, 
And this is a really great article from September 28th of this year, okay, just a month ago. And this was from the JAMA Network uh, Open Journal. And it's in the Nutrition, Obesity, and Exercise uh, Journal. And the uh, headline is, or the title is, Obesity and Sex-Related Associations with Differential Effects of Sucralose versus Sucrose on Appetite and Reward Processing, a Randomized Crossover Trial. Now, you know me. I I hate dietary science. Uh, Dietary science is an oxymoron. Uh, It is absolutely not right, uh, uh, a science for most cases. And here's a rare case of an actual randomized crossover trial. And what they did in this trial, I think, why it was so, why it's such a good study and why I was very impressed with this trial and why I think it has some value in our patients. They had three groups of people, okay? About 70 to 75 people in each group. There were three groups in group A, group B, and group C. And the first time they had these people come into their uh, research center, they, they kind of gave group A, they gave water, group B, they gave a drink with sugar mixed in, uh, classic sucralose, uh, sorry, sucrose. And then they gave group C a drink with sucralose, uh, aka stevia, um, a non-nutritive sweetener, an artificial sugar mixed in. And just like you'd expect, the people that drank water had, you know, baseline labs, they came in fasting, labs didn't really change, you know, there was no change in like glucose levels or uh, insulin levels, ghrelin levels, which is the uh, hunger and appetite kind of suppressing, um, basically a leptin levels, which ghrelin and leptin are the, uh, are the satiation and the uh, hunger uh, hormones. And basically what they showed was not surprisingly that sucrose, regular sugar water, jacked up your glucose, change your insulin light you expect after a big glucose load. And uh, sucralose didn't. Sucralose perf- uh, performed just like water would, right? Which is uh, what we'd expect of something that is not digested and does not change the sugar load. But what happens then that people that take in sucralose instead of sucrose, why don't they have weight loss? Why aren't they getting the same effect as water? And interestingly, uh, okay, and so then what happened is, right, so they did these three groups, and they also did MRIs of their brains to see what areas were being highlighting, uh, were they getting kind of activation of the sugar areas, the reward centers, or what did the sucralose look like glucose, right? So there's functional MRI screens too. And then they, what they did is they they kind of did all these uh, tests, and then after two hours, after the blood work, after the MRI, everything, after two hours, then they let them have free reign at a buffet, okay? And they, they, they said, you know, eat whatever you want, here's a buffet, and then they recorded how many calories they took in. Then they had them come back, uh, I believe, I don't know exactly how many times, uh, how long it was between sessions. Um, and so then what they did was then they had the patients come back and do it again, except group A then became group B, group B became C, and C became A, so you had to rotate through. And then they did it again and they switched from, you know, then group A then became group C, et cetera. So if you had a chance to be in every single group. And what was really interesting in this is that water and sucralose behaved biochemically exactly very, very, very similarly. And sucrose, right, sugar water, performed like we'd expect sugar water to perform. What was more remarkable about the study was the fact that when the group that had the non-nutritive sweeteners 
after they consumed that, you know, artificial sugar, they had a lot higher responsive rate in their prefrontal, their medial prefrontal cortex and their orbital frontal cortex compared to people that had sugar. What did that mean? Okay, so to break it down for you, basically the people that drank the artificial sugar water and then were shown uh, cues of food during the functional MRI had greater excitation of their hunger pathways. They were they were stimulated higher in the brain than people that had consumed sugar water. If you consume sugar water, your areas in your brain, they were suppressed. You didn't have as much excitation to uh, pictures of food. You weren't stimulated to go eat this delicious looking piece of pizza or piece of cake. Why? Because you just consumed some sugar, right? In the brain, it suppressed those desires. But the people that had sucralose in their drinks compared to sugar, they were a lot more excited in parts of their brains, right? They had a greater responsivity of these two areas after the food cues on, on MRIs. But it wasn't in everybody. It was only found in women. Men had no change in brain responsitivity to food cues, no matter if they had sugar or artificial sugars. And those that were obese had a lot higher response rate uh, to food cues. So interestingly, your gender and the presence and, and your BMI highly impacted non-nutritive sweeteners, artificial sugars response on your brain. Another interesting thing, again, that differed only in female participants, not male participants, and only in obese patients, right, is the fact that that buffet meal we talked about, right? So you, you had to drink your drink and then two hours later, you got to have a free buffet. People that had the artificial sugars in their drinks consumed much higher calories in the buffet than people that had sugar in their water. Again, that same idea that if you had sugar in your water, you had some hunger satiated, uh, your brain wasn't as excited when it had food cues on the MRI. And so uh, again, it, it stands to reason that you had the sugar water. When you go to the buffet, you're not gonna be as hungry, right? Because you had something to drink with sugar in it. But the people with artificial sugars, you know, yes, you get that cue, but it excited the, it, it still had excitation of the brain. It did not calm down those neurons. And so then people, when they had free rant at the buffet, ate more calories. So um, the, the level of the amount of sugar uh, still made it so the people that consumed the non-nutritive sweetener still saw a little bit of benefit because they had overall fewer calories combined drink plus buffet. But this is an example of, again, females being a lot more triggered by this than men, obese people being a lot more harmed by it or, or, or manipulated by it than non-obese people. And uh, again, the fact that, that you still consumed more calories at the buffet than somebody who had the sugar water. Okay, so what does this mean going forward? Well, this is not the first study that has kind of led us to the conclusion that non-nutritive sweeteners aren't as bad, especially in, in the realm of diabetes or increasing blood sugars as taking in real sugar, but they are clearly not as good as water. They clearly have some negative neural effects on terms of hunger and uh, being satiated by food, not having, um, uh, you know, 
triggers to eat more foods. And when we look at our patients, right, some of the biggest fights that we have are people who are obese trying to lose the weight, right? It's a lot easier to keep the weight off and to stay healthy and to stay overweight or normal weight than it is once you hit obesity to keep that weight off. And this isn't, again, a reason why, because we see that not only women are most affected, but people that are obese most effective. And so they still, the non-nutritive sweeteners are not doing them nearly enough benefit compared to water. Oh, and by the way, what what foods and drinks contain this? If you Google non-nutritive sweeteners, it is a ton of foods, flavored waters, the 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 sugar packets that you mix into water, the flavored waters, the the quote unquote healthier waters that people are thinking that they're doing better, um, the Propel energy drinks, those type of things, right? The things uh, the vitamin waters that are basically just artificial sugar water that are causing patients to be harmed compared if they just drank water. And I know it's hard for people to get over that fact of just drinking water, but man, as we get more and more of these studies, the main the main take-home point is non-nutritive sweeteners aren't that much better than regular sugars. They have a lot of benefits, and don't get me wrong, especially for diabetes, pre-diabetes, there's a ton of value in the non-nutritive sweeteners compared to the sweet, regular, regular sugars. But metabolically, neurally, you know, this is not doing our patients that much benefit. And so if you can get people not just consume less sugary drinks, but also to get rid of even the sugar-free artificial sweeteners, our patients are going to benefit from the long run. So again, this is a question I get all the time about artificial sugars and the take on them. Um, clearly, your female patients need to be um, at least aware that their bodies respond differently than men do to these artificial sweeteners. Your obese patients have to know that this might hinder their weight loss journey and that going to water, consuming fewer of these non-nutritive sweeteners is beneficial to them. And uh, overall, again, hopefully this was a, a good um, uh, article to review with you guys. I this is enlightening for me. It helps me educate my own patients. Um, it helps me discuss the fact that, right, a lot of weight loss is psychological, right? Consuming fewer calories, not out of boredom, and trying not to eat out of boredom, trying not to eat uh, out of emotion. And here's a, a great example of a functional MRI, how these chemicals, these non-nutritive sweeteners do affect the brain, do affect the neural process in terms of hunger and satiation and, uh, sorry, satiety. I think I said satiation multiple times. I don't think that's a real word. Uh, satiety in multiple different ways. And so again, I think our patients need to be aware of it. You need to be aware of it. Um, hopefully this can allow us to make better uh, dietary choices. Um, again, probably better than sugar, not that great. Still better to go water, still better not to use artificial sweeteners at all. Um, so hopefully this was good. Um, this has been Dr. Mark List. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, again, thank you for all the support and all the uh, messages, uh, all the downloads and listens. I, I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate the channels growing, even the fact that um, I haven't been as timely with my uh, podcast episodes as I used to be. Um, but uh, again, hopefully this is helpful. Uh, thanks and have a great week. This has been Dr. Mark List with the Primary Care Podcast. Reminder, you don't need to stay up all night. Stay up to date. Thank you.